Boy, do we got a ringer for you today. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. The 100th episode of the Entrepreneurial Web. Woo! Woo! We did it. I am your host, Jeremiah Fox. Still, after 100 episodes, let me stay the host. (laughs) And the message, we're going to do things a little differently today. Two portions of the show. First half, the message of the week. You are the product of the five people you spend the most time with. So it's important to take inventory and check in with the people that are surrounding you. Are there people that are lifting you up? Are they crabs in the bucket and trying to pull you down? These three guests that are joining me for this first segment, they've all been on the show at least two times each. Uh, Some I've known for many, many years. Some I've only known briefly. Some I've never met before. Some are close. Some are far. But these three people... uh, I met them and our relationship has grown. Every time we interact, the, the push is always up. Uh, they push me hard and hopefully they, they get the same in some from me. So first up, Tony DiSilvestro, one of my first bosses ever going back to 1993. Ooh. He is the CEO of Why Not Italian based in Virginia Beach, Virginia, but he's a Jersey boy, which takes us to Lance Knob, who's actually in Jersey. But I think you're originally... Ooh. Uh, Pennsylvania, right? You're from Pennsylvania? Yes, he, absolutely. He, uh, he's the head of Denali Consulting, but also Breakthrough Fitness. And then uh, Belinda D. Gian Batista, who lives right next door. We usually do it in person. And I was concerned about the echo and all the other crazy things that might happen. So she's actually sitting next door. <laughs> Zoom in from the, the what has become the pop-up uh, studio since the beginning of the pandemic, my restaurant, Della. Here in New York, uh, Belinda is a business coach and successfully sold a business that she built up uh, called Butterbeans that was also uh, a food industry um, business here in New York City. And she's from North Carolina, so some swip swap of locations. But all these people have uh, have been highly influential in my life, um, you know, going back 25 plus years to, you know, Lance and I have known each other about a year and never even met, but we've spent countless hours on Zoom. We've all been on Clubhouse together and just been the uh, the focus of really wonderful conversation um, surrounding entrepreneurship. All these people have successfully opened, built up, maintained and or sold uh, their businesses um, and also have branched into coaching, which is something that has my interest in the highest degree. Um, so we're going to chew the fat on all these things, the things that that uh, keep us so excited in life um, and, and have connected us through uh, social media, through uh, other forms of media like uh, Zoom calls, podcasts, and even Clubhouse, um, where I think we've all we've all probably been on Tony's Clubhouse at some point, the Marathon Clubhouse. So we're going to kind of kind of uh, do it a little Clubhouse style slightly um, for this. I want to start by asking each of you, and you have two minutes to respond. What community means to you, Tony? I know you 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 practice this often, but Belinda and, and Lance, we've been in his three pillars rooms before and you know community is a big thing for him but i know it's a big thing for all of you so just two minutes ready set go community tony what does it mean to you the community for me is if you're in business you have to be part of the what you surround yourself with so i for coaching when i coach businesses i'm like who are your customers so if you're not involved in their lives 
then you shouldn't be in business because you need to be surrounded by the great. I surround myself with greatness all the time. And it's not about me. It's not about the four walls. Sure. I opened a, a business with tables and chairs in it, but I need to fill it with my community. So investing in your community is the most crucial thing you can do. You have a minute and 30 seconds. Keep going. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> all right. No, 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 I'm from Jersey. I'm fast. So the thing is, um, <laughs> You know, community, it's like I sponsor, I sponsored little leagues. I mean, during the pandemic, we fed a hundred thousand people, um, but you know, and that is paid back unbelievably. I'm, I mean, people come in like, you know why we come here? It's for what you do for the community. I mean, it just creates longevity in your business. It really does because they, people want to go where, you know, with the people that are investing in them. And I don't know any other way to say it, but if you're not doing it, you're making a huge mistake. And there's a lot of change. And it's kind of funny. I see a lot of change and like people come in like, oh, well, the change won't sponsor us. I mean, I don't know where that core value fell out, but it's a huge problem, you know? So that's what I would say. It's, it's not if it, it's a must. Right. Excellent. All right, Lance, you're up two minutes. Ready, set, go. What does community mean to you? It's almost like Jeopardy. I like this. We should do this more often. Wow. Well, Tony D teed it up so well. And maybe I'll just share a story because he kind of just sparked one for me. You know, I was helping a um, youth athletic association fundraiser with a golf tournament a couple of years ago, and we had a new neighbor in one of our plazas. And um, I asked them, it was a, a franchise. I asked them if uh, they would uh, participate and um, they politely declined. And I, I was astounded. And to me, yeah, adding to Tony, giving back to the community is a win, win, win from all angles. Like, why wouldn't we donate minimally our time to this organization to help them raise money? These are the people that that pay our bills. One of my mentors taught me that every day we need to, she was coaching me and then coaching me to coach the team, the people in our doors right now, and this is particularly with a fitness business. If we don't make eye contact, don't greet them as our guests. They are literally paying our paychecks. We need to be all over them and treating them like the valuable people they are. So, um, yeah, I love what Tony D said. And, you know, I guess with community, I've spoken to teachers in the past, kind of pre-pandemic, who, you know, had mixed opinions on the community topic and whether they wanted to live, where they teach and that kind of thing. For me, I live where we had our first office. You know, it took us a couple of years. I realized how nice of a town it was and we came here. But absolutely, every day I want to help my neighbors, help my friends. Those are the people that we serve and I want to just give back and pay it all forward. Very nice. Under two minutes too. You guys got this clubhouse thing down to a T. All right, Belinda, you're up. Okay. What does community mean to you? When I think about community, <clears throat> I think about a couple of different things. One, I always come, and I've said this on probably both shows that I was on for you, you need to figure out a way to have a win-win. And so whatever it is you're trying to accomplish for yourself, your company, your employees, it, it needs to be a win-win, not just for you, but also for the employees, also for the people that you're serving, also for the stakeholders, regardless of who they are. And so that is you know, how you engage with each of those different types of communities, those category of communities is extremely important. You know, I was working with a client the other day who had a pricing model that was completely out of whack. And I was like, you know, this is, there, there's no win-win in this. So you really have to evaluate all those different parts to, to understand how it actually works for both of you, regardless of what it is in your system. Um, there was something else I was going to say, which is, 
that, you know, in order for the society to work in general, we all have to be thinking about how we're raising the whole thing. All, all, all tides rise, all boats, if we, if we allow it to. So the reason that we need to support, um, you know, the small businesses is so that they can hire employees. Those employees now are able to spend money at another establishment, which allows them to, you know, pay their rent and, you know, the landlords are okay. So it's an ecosystem. And if we understand the support um, that we all give each other in the ecosystem, then we we understand why community is a value that you can't compromise on. And that, you know, so it's, it's, it's important to, to understand that you know, to engage in community is to is to serve everyone and make it make it ultimately a win win. So I think it's it's very important. And, and that's kind of like the definition of community, right? It's like all the people around you and everybody. Like if you're in a you know you're in a neighborhood and everybody's got their yards and you make yours really nice and the rest of the people leave theirs looking ugly, you know it, it becomes out of balance and then it gets like you know I've heard it gets catty. I don't have a yard, so I don't know. But. <laughs> Um, and, and all of you like made such great points in terms of how it, I, I view it. I mean, going back to what Tony said, I remember working those, uh, those like little league lunches where they would come in, they would come in after the lunch shift, but before the dinner shift and it would just, they would pack the place and they were all so happy. And, you know, I was young at the time. I was like 17, 18. I was like, yeah, it's a bunch of like annoying kids coming in, but like, Years later, I realized that when we, you know, established roots here in Brooklyn and started opening businesses and started doing the same things. And I was like, at one point I was like, why does this feel so familiar? And I was like, oh yeah, there's <laughs> all those lunches. We're just on the opposite end. And we started doing it mainly with, with, uh, with alcohol through the juice box where we would, you know, do these huge setups for these, for school functions, especially the schools that, uh, the school that our kids went to and you know it we would create these like pop-up bars and it was a lot of work but it just it felt so good and then it turned into years you know not even thinking about it we were like we just take care of our kids you know just like be there for our kids and and, and our our neighbors kids and our friends kids um and then of course they they all patronized and then years later when we opened Della oh my god if we did if we weren't like you said Tony like embedded in the community and had those huge relationships this would have never First of all, it had never gotten off the ground. Secondly, it never would have survived COVID because we had created all those connections and everybody's world got super duper small. And that was that was what survived us during that time period. And to your point too, Belinda, we realized who our alliances were industry-wide. So we had like the local community that was our 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 financial support, but then we're also like who are the people in our industry? who maybe we purchased from all these, you know, different relationships we have, who's going to band together. And, you know, like you said, all the boats will rise if we do this the right way. And I saw people that were like, nah, only my ship is going to rise. And it's like, yep, I see your hole already. And they're, you know, some of them are not around anymore. They're certainly not on my radar anymore. And as, as things are opening back up, it's gotten so much better. And I think it's enlarged. I, I have to credit that sense of community to it. And then once you get into the digital landscape and you start podcasting and you start into social media and all these things, like my relationship with Lance never would have happened. When I first started the show, I used to be kind of a snob and say, you got to come into the studio. You got to be in New York. You got to come in and sit across the table from me. And, uh, and, and everything shut down. It was like, oh, we got to go to Zoom. And I'm like, man, this is not my style. I don't like this. 
And it opened up so many more doors and became this like digital community, which lends itself like in the next the next segment, my guests and I are going to talk about, you know, media in a big way and especially digital media. And if you don't have that sense of community already, I feel bad for like younger people who never worked a job like that, like maybe Tony's restaurant or Lance's, uh, you know, uh, PT clinics where like you're you're in the community servicing these people and you make these connections if these kids come in and they don't have that and they're trying to build these like digital companies and and they just want this anonymous kind of like flat screen wall between them and everybody and think you're gonna you just the money's just gonna come in i think it's very unrealistic so thank you all for you know for for showing me that even going back, you know, over 25 years ago, but then also just continuing to be the example for that as, as my world opened up, I've looked to all three of you so many times for that. And you guys have always been there. So I appreciate that. Jeremiah, I think you said it well, if I had to, if I had to put it into one word, I would say relationships. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and relationship stock is down right now. <laughs> it's really bad. So we have to carry the torch. We have to do this and uh, distribute this this portion of the show across the digital, the digital landscape so so people remember. All right, we're going to take our first break. Guys, hang tight. I got another question for you when we come back. Oh. <laughs> Ready, baby. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
All right, everybody, welcome back again. If you're just tuning in, the 100th episode of the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, returning guests, dear friends, Lance Knob, Tony Di Silvestro, Belinda Di Giambattista. Damn, that's a mouthful. <laughs> All entrepreneurs, business owners, and also uh, business coaches. We talked on the last segment about community and how important community is for you as an entrepreneur and a business owner to ensure longevity and success. My next question I have, and Lance, you're going to go first this time. Again, two minute answer is as a coach, what is, what are one, what are the, one of the main mistakes or, or obstacles you see up and coming entrepreneurs uh, either making, or they're just, it's not on their radar. That could be something that, that would be a, 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 a banana in the tailpipe a little later on down the road. Great question. And you put me in the hot seat so fast earlier. I didn't get to thank you for just and congratulate you for this platform. It's, it's awesome. You've had amazing guests and, you know, it's hard to believe. Yeah. We've known each other, you know, under two years, year and a half. I mean, I feel like I've known you a lifetime and I know we've exactly. got a real connection and so many, you know, aligned in so many ways and Tony D and Belinda, I mean, you know, you guys are amazing. We spent time together and it's so nice to know you and sit here together. So yeah, some of the common mistakes that that I see, you know, the first one that rises to my head is, you know, just being in that daily grind mode and just having your head down. And even with the best intention and the best work ethic, not taking a pause day to day or week to week or a month on an annual basis and stepping back, giving yourself some free space, some white space, some open space to have those aha moments and to create your vision and your your goals and then you know inner integrate that strategic thinking you know backwards into your year your month your weeks and your day you know that's definitely one of the big mistakes and i'm very passionate about that and you know that's one of the things i have identified that more than 90 percent of small business owners don't have a plan in place and that's why i really wanted to bring that to them to serve them and make it fast and functional i created a you know a, a two-hour format to do that with me and a tool where people can do it themselves. Um, so that really rises up and resonates. And then again, I guess the next thing I think of is, you know, with my background as physical therapist, personal trainer and owning, you know, businesses in those industries is making sure that you are taking care of yourself and putting the oxygen mask on first so that you can keep yourself healthy. I really believe that it is possible to scale a business while you are uh, keeping yourself healthy. It, it's not necessary to pull on nighters and not sleep and to get burnt out and um, have no life syndrome, you know, as I like to refer to it. And you, you can actually do both. It's not easy. And you do need to know your priorities and reflect on them and incorporate them. Um, however, you know, what's it all worth if, you know, you really compromise your health um, on your, you know, journey, let's say to, to create wealth. So those are a couple of the big things that yeah. I think people, I like to see entrepreneurs, you know, keep in front. And of course, humbling moments, we've talked about that. That could be a whole seminar. <laughs> right. That's just life. Well, Belinda, he, he, he coined one of your terms. I know you heard it, the white space. What about you? What are some of the, the biggest obstacles, uh, you see? Yeah, I guess I would frame this up, um, to say that people getting in their own way is just off the charts. Um, I think that depending on the past experience of the individual, 
It is a varying degree of getting in their own way. But honestly, like if you've done something a number of times and it hasn't worked, then you, a lot of times people convince themselves it just can't work instead of understanding that they need to do what Lance just said, take a step back, evaluate the situation and understand and ask questions about, well, what if we did it this way? And whenever you make recommendations sometimes for them to really change perspective, that can be very hard for people. Um, and so you really quickly start to understand how how fast or slow somebody's going to have to go in a certain direction based on their response to that and what it's going to take to get them to shift that perspective. So I would say, you know, whether it is in terms of you know, niching down, you know, it's very important whenever you're going to start a new business to have a niche idea, go after a niche target market. And sometimes people are hesitant to do that because they are concerned that it's going to be too small when actually it's going to make them so much more successful to begin with. So if they have a past experience that tells them, oh, I'm leaving this on the table, I'm leaving that on the table, or I spoke to so-and-so and they were interested and they don't fit my niche, then they can get stuck. So I would say just, you know, a general, um, that to me is, is a real thing that I feel like entrepreneurs need to push through their, their, where they, you know, stick themselves, you know, they, they really kind of, put a barrier up sometimes to making adjustments or trying something new because they think it's not going to work. Um, and, and there, there's a lot of fear maybe in that. I'm not sure, but basically I think that if you can figure out a way to push through it and figure out a way to just, you know, put your predisposed mindset aside about what your opinion is and try something new um, it, you, you, I think people will start to understand that things really are possible and, and they really can't see. So for, for example, if you ask somebody, what's your, how much money do you want to make next year? If it's a new entrepreneur, they might say, I want to make $50,000. And that feels like a huge amount to them. And you might say, well, what if that were $250,000 or what if that were $500,000? And they're like, mind is blown. Well, I could never do that. Well, actually, are you sure? Like, let's really get uncomfortable for a minute um, and figure out what that would actually look like. So helping people to understand that it's okay to sit in the uncomfortable, to put themselves into a position where um, they really need to think outside the box and try new things to try to get them outside of their own way. And, and you know, people come along eventually. And it's funny, you can sometimes, after working with somebody for a year, you can show them some recordings of what they said a previous year and they'll be like, wow, yeah, I guess I, I guess I did say that, didn't I? Um, yeah, now I know better. So it's just figuring out how to help people learn their own style of pushing through the obstacles that they can put up for themselves, regardless of what the issue is. It's very jujitsu. And that's going to be the topic of the next half. We won't get there, but yes, that your jujitsu is very similar. All right, Tony, you're up. Two minutes. Go. Again, the guys love being here today. Jeremiah is like my brother, so um, love him. So uh, for me, I could talk about this for 10 hours. Uh, <laughs> you got so, two minutes. You got a minute and 45 seconds now. <laughs> no problem. So my thing with entrepreneurs, right? The first thing is out of 100, 100 businesses right now, if you took 100 businesses, Jeremiah, how many of them are entrepreneurs? Right. How many? 5%. 
5%, right? What are they? So entrepreneurs are technicians, right? So we all get into business and we all think we're great entrepreneurs, but all we are is technicians. We have a job. So that's the first thing I have to really identify. Do you want to be an entrepreneur or do you want a job? Right. Because you own a subway, you own a job, you're a technician. That's all you are. Right. The next thing is systemizing your system. So every entrepreneur, they do not invest enough time to document the processes and procedures that they're actually creating every single day. Right. So that leads into the next one, which is delegation. Right. How do we delegate? There's the art of delegation. Do you know the four elements of delegation? Really defining them and making sure that they understand them thoroughly and work through that process of delegation. And then for me, I ask people all the time, I ask them all the time, I say, okay. Tell me how many hours there are in a week. And I say, what is the number 168, right? And then I say, okay, well, to be an entrepreneur, you have to know that, right? So I sleep 50 hours a week. So I have 118 hours a week to accomplish my goals and my job, right? So then it's the work and how are you working on your business? But when you start to delegate properly and you create it as an art, then you can use those 118 hours very efficiently. And then I go into two and I make sure when I look at entrepreneurs, I'm like, are you growth focused or are you profit and power focused? Right? Because I think it's very essential to teach every entrepreneur what it means to be growth focused. Um, for me, I've been in business for a long, long time and I am growth focused. I've never been money focused, never been power focused. And that's how I function every single day. So it really, um, there's a lot of elements. I teach the six steps to scaling your business. Um, it's been something I've been working on really hard lately and we're getting there. So, um, but I've helped a lot of people over 20 years. So. When, awesome. When's the book coming out? <laughs> coming out in about a month. It's crazy. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And I've, I've sat through many of those, those clubhouse rooms and been put on, on the spot. <laughs> like, how do you get a thousand percent? And I was rambling and blah, 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 blah. I'll do whatever you say, Tony. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> Delegation, motherfucker. How many times yeah. have I showed you that? You know, so. <laughs> It's funny. And, and for me, you know, again, tying back in that, that you all, um, you know, successful business owners and entrepreneurs, but, but also coaches and, and how easy it is for you as a business owner and successful entrepreneur to, and Belinda, you kind of, you know, you hit on it. I think it's like, it's ego, you know, you get comfortable, you get confident and you're like, Oh, I got this. And like, you always need to be reminded of the basics. And again, the jiu-jitsu guys are starting to creep in. They're starting to slide in. I can see them. Um, you know, you, you, jiu-jitsu is all about that. You, you can't forget the basics. You always go back and you have to, you have to reinvest time in the basics. Um, and, and I think it's important for anybody that's listening that, that, has aspirations. I think now is a pretty hot time for people looking to open their own business because everything, the world got turned upside down and people realize how fragile their position was at their company or, or maybe they had a business already and now they're like, okay, we survived. It's time to grow. Let's go. There's fewer, there's less competition. Um, as, as you, as you take those steps, like find somebody, you know, Belinda said it a couple of times on the show, like find an accountability partner. If it's not even a coach, just somebody that's been there, somebody that's been in your position that knows the basics and will watch you walk into the wall three times and be like, okay, I just want to point out you walked into the wall three times. That wall isn't moving. So it's, it's time to move yourself, you know, take back up and, and, there's a and, door. and there's a door. find a door, like, yeah, do something, turn the light on just anything. Um, and, and I, I'd have to say like, my time spent with you all, that's been the real value where you just take me a confident go getting somebody who's like, I've worked through a lot of shit. I'll figure it out. It's been so much easier to just have you grab me like by the ear and just say like, look, look right here. It's just, it's just a couple inches 
off of where you're you're focusing and it will change your trajectory and you know make life better and and get to the point where you're in Lance's position where you're you're you know getting more sleep and and you're not head down you're not beat down you feel good about what you're doing and i think it is possible i've i've gone through the beat grinder and come out and it's like yeah you can you can do all this and and still feel good about yourself so we're going to have to wrap up this portion and get ready for the next one i want to thank you all three so much for coming on taking the time yet again but also just being there. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much, me. Jeremiah. I didn't get to say, you know, congratulations to you, like the thank other you. guys also. I just want to echo what they said. It's been amazing to, to you know, watch you on this journey and, and, and be, you know, accountability partners to each other. Thank you. Badass, brother. Good. Jeremiah, thanks for having us as part of the celebration, baby. You got another thousand episodes, man, and you're supporting the entrepreneurs <laughs> out there. Keep it coming, baby. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Great to everybody. I'll talk to you okay. soon. Good all right, everybody. Guys. Hang tight. Another half coming up. We're going to get nitty gritty on the BJJ. Woo! Howdy. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. All right, everybody, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, 
Today is the 100th episode of the Entrepreneurial Web. Woo! All right. Awesome. 100, baby. 100. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Yes, they let me stay on for all 100 episodes. We'll see how that goes at the end. First half, had some dear friends up, some business coaches and entrepreneurs. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit to something that emerged over the show uh, and my social media over the course of time uh, and and has become a major part of it, and that is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Joining us now, Ryan Kovac, coming out of Austin, Texas, president of RKCMO. We've also got Nick Lozano out of Washington, D.C. He's the uh, producer of the Lead X uh, podcast. And then Don Jackson, San Diego, via way of New York and New Jersey. Uh, and he's he's got his hands in all kinds of uh, podcasts and digital things. So these guys all excel in media uh, and outreach and podcasts. But they all three are also Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners at different uh, stages of the journey, which never ends. And my message for this portion of the show, yes, there are two messages today because it's that freaking hot. It's something my uh, my first Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor used to say all the time about the journey to black belt. And he would say, it's not about what you get in the end. It's about who you become along the way. And I think the same is very true of being a business owner and entrepreneur, but also um, when you're running media, you know, you're not the same person way down the road. Once you, once you make it, <laughs> once you become famous like me, um, you, you're not quite the same person as, as you were when you started and, and you're never done. There's still way more road to go, but, but you do reach this point of proficiency where you kind of feel good. You've, you've gotten knocked around. You've gotten banged around. You've been through enough, uh, enough shit and turmoil and, and uh, technical difficulties and malfunctions that you just shake it off, brush the dirt off, uh, you know, wipe the tears away <laughs> and get back in there and do it again. So I don't know if you guys were listening, but uh, I don't think any of you are strangers to, uh, to Clubhouse. Um, and I'm pretty sure we've all shared uh, some rooms at some point. I want to pass some questions around. We'll do it kind of Clubhouse style. Uh, you're going to get two, two minutes each. Uh, the first one, Ryan, I'm going to tee you up first. Uh, Ryan is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And again, also the president of his company, um, how has training in jiu-jitsu informed your professional life? Two minutes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, in a huge way. Um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu obviously uh, teaches you to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And I think as a business owner, you know, almost every day presents something uncomfortable. Um, there's a lot of wins and happiness and laughter internally, but every day presents something uncomfortable, right? Um, you know, a, a customer feedback that maybe wasn't exactly what you wanted, uh, or, you know, an internal employee, um, you know, having, uh, you know, some personal issues or health issues or whatever that you want to, you know, work with, right. Or, um, maybe the campaign that you spent a bunch of money on isn't, uh, you know, isn't performing the way you thought. So it's, it's all uncomfortable. Um, but you don't lose, you don't lose your shit over it, right? Like you learn that being uncomfortable can be comfortable. You learn that sometimes just getting smashed isn't all that bad. It's helping you become better, you know, um, refining your, your process. Right. Um, so 
in, in my opinion. And it also like, you know, if we want to talk imposter syndrome, syndrome, right? Like, I feel like when I got my black belt and every other black belt I've ever spoken to has been embarrassed. Like, I don't deserve this. Like, I don't, I don't deserve this belt. I don't know shit. <laughs> These blue belts coming up, no more technique and submissions and, and everything under the sun than, than I know, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not knowledgeable in this art, right? Like, that's the thing. It's just, it's, it's infinite. So as business owners, you know, um, I think we show up every day going, damn, you know, we, we, we've got a good business. I know, I know that I'm running a good business. My bank account says that, but I don't feel like I know it. I don't feel like I know shit, right? Um, it's always changing, always changing, always evolving something new every day to learn some program, some law, some this or that, right. Uh, that's a major shakeup that you just got to stay on top of. So for me, it's been super helpful in understanding, you know, don't lose your shit. When stuff gets uncomfortable, stay, stay, stay comfortable in the uncomfortable. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and, and I think what you said about, uh, you know, getting black belt is probably true of like nearly every belt promotion. Uh, Nick uh, is, is Nick and I are in a very similar uh, uh, stage. Did you get your purple belt, Nick? I have not, but you yeah. know, like, so unfortunately for me, I travel a lot for work yeah. uh, that impeded some of my progress, but I'll get there soon. I'm not worried. The number one way to get it, Nick, is go ask your instructor for it. well when i was a white belt i'm like white belt for life you know uh, (laughs) well so like when i got my blue belt i felt like i'd earned that you know but when they gave me my purple belt i was like i don't know man i don't am like am i am i really a purple belt and then you know the school shut down and i ended up at henzo's headquarters and i come in there as a purple belt and i'm like fuck man i am not a purple belt and they, they were like yes you are just keep working. So I, yeah, I, I, there's I, even I, levels to purple. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Nick, you're up two minutes. How has training helped you stay the course? Yeah. So, I, you know, I would agree with everything that uh, Ryan said earlier, you know, about comfortable being uncomfortable with it. The other thing it has also taught me is, um, you know, learning as you go, adaptability, right? Because it's constantly changing. Like, like when we do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you start getting your A moves, right? Your game that works on your training partner works all the time. Then all of a sudden they start getting wise to it and it doesn't work anymore. Um, right. And you, you've got to adjust how, how you're doing stuff. And the same thing applies to either media or business. You know, we do things for a long time. They work, they work. And then all of a sudden they stop they working. Stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's giving you that ability to go, okay, there's a problem here. I need to address this, right? You don't freak out about it initially. It's like, th- there's an issue here. I can just figure out my way around it. Uh, it might not work the first few times I do it. But as we go on, as I adjust and they adjust to me, then I can use that to continually, continually learn and uh, progress through my journey. And I feel like just that mentality alone has helped me through... Uh, my entrepreneurial journey or, or digital media, you know, that's, that's how I got into doing digital media is I just threw stuff on the wall and seen what works. Like, uh, you know, I got on LinkedIn and I just did what everybody else did. Right. It's like, <laughs> Oh, what's Gary V doing? Let me try that. Do a screenshot of my tweet and nobody reacts to it. Um, so, so then you adjust to it. Uh, j- j- so I would say that the main thing that's come out for me is just the ability to learn and, and constant, constantly have that learner hat on i don't feel like i'm an expert in anything mm. uh, but, but i feel like i can pick up 
anything at any point in time because I have this willingness and this ability to just figure it out and learn. The resources are there. You just have to be willing to put out the effort. It's funny. We all laughed when he said that, but that was just masking our tears, right? Because we <laughs> we're like, yeah, oh, he, that's, he does that shit. I'm going to do that too. And it's like crickets yeah. chirping. We all like, do all right. it. We all do it. It's like, oh, man, it's such a letdown. (laughs) (laughs) And then and then Dom here, we we connected on Twitter, you know, Nick and and Ryan, we both connected on LinkedIn and and Dom uh, via Twitter. And and it was around fitness. Dom was uh, you may still be a a personal trainer, but I know that was what you were mainly doing. And I know you started to transition away from it. Um, and so, you know, we started a conversation around fitness and then we realized we both had podcasts and and it went down the rabbit hole and I kept, you know, suggesting Brazilian jujitsu to to Dom and things were totally shut down at this point. And he's like, he's like, I'm totally into it. I'm going to start. And we got started. Literally, I would put up a technique. It's something basic, like a technical get up or a sprawl or something like that, leg pummeling. And I would, I would put it on TikTok. And I would send it to him and he would duet it. And we started like this, like, not, ins- awesome. not instruction, but just like, you That's know, cool. just a little so cool, uh, in- introduction, let's say. And now Dom has actually started, to, you know, training. He's gone in for some rounds, very early stages, uh, white belt. But oh, all- yes, oh, so- the- often... Often people argue that's the best one. That's the most yes, important is. promotion is is the white belt. So you're up, Dom. You're you're fresh into it, but no stranger to how fitness uh, and just you know exercise and and health can influence your uh, your professional life. You got it. Two minutes. Cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, thanks for having me on the hundredth episode. You know, so glad to be here. Uh, but yeah, being like the whitest of a white belt right now, like I'm four <laughs> months into the game. You know, like. I was still a couple of weeks ago. I was still figuring out like what even the strategy is to go in before. It was just like, you know, when you come in, coming in with a fitness background, I was like, all right, you know, I'm kind of big, kind of strong. I can take that. You know, like I got, I, I work out, like I'm not completely, you know, a new person to this, but I learned very quickly that, you know, without technique, you're nothing. So I'm, I'm having guys half my size, choking me out, throwing me around. And it was great. You know, that feeling of like, Oh, you know, I'm getting, I have no idea what I'm doing. But like the first step was like, just learn how to survive, you know, get that, mm-hmm. get that closed guard in, get that half guard in, just find a way to keep yourself sustained before they, before they get you. And then, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm finally getting like a little bit of a strategy now, like maybe I can get an arm bar, you know, maybe I can get an Americana. Like I have, I have an idea of how to get places now. It's just as far as executing how to get there. And I think it really, um, it really fine tuned. Like I really felt myself transform other places too, whether it be my podcast or with my, uh, my my training business of like, oh, like, you know, I need to have a better strategy for how I plan to go into these things because, you know, I was kind of in that that empty space of like, oh, like I have an idea what I want to do. I have an idea of what my goal is, but as far as the funnel of which way to put my actions is where I need to go next. So I think that, um, you know, being in that beginner space, like Nick said, like Ryan was saying, like that beginner space of like, you're always learning and always adapting, getting comfortable, being with the uncomfortable is is so true because when you have a guy twice your size or half your size on top of you, and you're just like, I don't know what to do here. This is, this is mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that humility of being like, all right, like you got me this time, but I'm going to learn how to get better next time. Uh, and then even just going through some of the videos that you were sending me, Jeremiah, of uh, just like basic shrimping or, you know, like rolling, like the fact that the, me versus those videos versus me now is just so funny because the progress of just the basics of doing them over and over again. So 
I mean, I think the biggest thing that I take away from from whether you're doing whether training, uh, jujitsu or business media, you know, following Gary Vee, you're always going to come in. You got it. You're going to have that space where you have no idea what you're doing and have no idea what anything is. And once you're like, okay with being like, all right, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let me just find one way to get some, some, some ground that I can kind of hold on to and build up from there. You'll have your foundation, be able to, to adjust into whatever form of whatever you're trying to do will become. So I'm having a great time. I'm learning a lot, but definitely get my ass kicked along the way. <laughs> As you Sounds say, like business. Yep, exactly. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Like out of the mouths of babes, you know, Dom is the newest at it, but that was like the most profound response. And, yeah. and it's because you're so fresh and, and uh, that excitement. It's like when you first start jujitsu or first start your business and you're just like, everything's like, all oh, the colors are so bright. You know, <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. All right. We're going to pick back up with this in just a minute. We're going to take another, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and, and run a little further with that. All right. So hang tight, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. All right, everybody, wrapping up the 100th episode of the Entrepreneurial Web. Yes. Yes. I'm your your host, Jeremiah Fox. Joining me for this portion, Ryan Kovac, Nick Lozano, Dom Jackson, talking about all of us Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners and various levels of the journey, um, its influence over our professional life, whether it be, uh, you know, business ownership, entrepreneurship, social media, podcasting, mixed media, all these things. And, um, you know, lots of really great things said. And I, I wanted to like dissect it into two, 
uh, two different realms. Um, you know, Ryan, you were talking about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think of like, just starting my business and how you're just under the, you're in the mortal and pestle and you just oh, got yeah. to wait it out, man. You just got to wait it out. And Nick, you too, you're like, to. all right, you got to adjust. You got to figure it out. But then like, that's for me, that was like the early stages, but Dom, I think you really nailed it with this, this focus on strategy. And it's so great that you're thinking that already, because I just started thinking that like last month and I've been at it for mm-hmm. six years. Mm-hmm. So I, I recently started like two weeks ago, recently started taking MMA classes at Henzo's, which if you think the jujitsu classes there are hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Everything, everything I, I thought I knew was questioned, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and you understand the reason for the most basic movements in jujitsu yes. at a much, much deeper level when someone can punch you and kick punch you, you standing mm-hmm. or on the ground or in the middle or up against the wall. Like I will never take a shrimping exercise for granted again. Um, Right. And I, and it's funny because, you know, I was never an astutious person. I dropped out of two high schools. I managed to squeeze out a master's degree in music, but only because it was in music and they, they let my dumb ass slide through the system. Um, and I, you know, I did okay. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I never was big into college. I've been in the food industry for all these years. And I get these kids that like are fresh out of culinary school. And I'm like, you suck. You've never worked. You've never actually put this into practice. And studying Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai for six years and walking into an MMA, MMA class, I'm like, oh, I just was given a job. I was, I was just in school for six years and now I'm, right. in the, I'm in the workforce and I'm getting fucked up. And the instructor talks constantly. He's like, you know, fights are chaotic. You know, you're, you're in there and there's just so many variables. Even an MMA that has rules. Like imagine if it was a street fight. Jesus, you know. MMA with this rule set is still like super duper chaotic. And he's like, yeah, there's a million different things that can happen. Sure. You could come in and just throw it up against the wall and and see what works. He's like, but nothing will benefit you more than having like a three step strategy and just like constantly try to come back to that. You know, they say, make the fight. The guy that wins is the guy that makes the fight his fight. So you got these yep. two guys, like both have these fantastic skill sets, but whoever gets to impose their will on the other, who gets to fight his fight is the one that often wins, whether it's a decision or, or something more decisive, like a knockout or a submission. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I started to really think that way in terms of business and more so in terms of like future success and growth, not just like, oh, okay, I survived. Like, it's not enough to survive. You no. know, if you're, if you're thinking that way, you're <clears> dead, you know, it's like, how am I going to grow? Because today's money is not going to be tomorrow's money. It's not going to be no. suffice. So now I'm starting to think really strategically in terms of business and not just be, you know, we're entrepreneurs. We're creative. I mean, Ryan, you're a musician and you do all this stuff in media. Nick and Dom, you both do podcasts and stuff. I mean, it requires a certain level of creativity. So we're good with that. We're like, yeah, I'm okay with the chaos, but you can't live in that shit forever. It just no, like, man. it takes its toll. So like, this strategy component, like it's working, it's working really well because I would never survive. I wouldn't have made it out of my third MMA class if I wasn't like, okay, fuck this. I'm tired of getting punched. I need a strategy and, and being exhausted, but relying on, on like these things that are, that are vetted and, and tried and, and true. I'm like, okay, if I can do this in business, maybe 
I'm going to get some belt one day from somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Curious. We have, we don't even have two minutes per person. Just like really quickly. What are your thoughts? On yeah, that? I'll start. Um, I guess we can go in the same order. Um, so essentially what you're really finding out is, is you spent six years in jujitsu. You have a great foundation there, but in MMA, there's boxing. You have spent no time in boxing. There is. No, well, I've uh, done, I've done boxing too. Okay. And, well, okay. and more time. But all of it together, that's a whole okay. other thing. <laughs> you, putting it all together, right. Yeah. So, you know, you've cooked a chicken before and you've cooked pasta before, but have you cooked a chicken pasta dinner, right? Like, so you, you, it's a recipe, right? So putting it all together is an entirely different sport. And, you know, I, I've trained with multiple, multiple uh, active, currently active UFC fighters right now that are that are in their prime. Um, yeah. And some of them don't even have a blue belt in jujitsu, but their jujitsu is so fucking good. And it has to be because if they're not, then they're getting their faces pounded in. So they rarely do jujitsu classes. It's the grappling in the MMA that is keeping them from getting punched, kicked, yeah. kneed, and everything else that actually creates amazing jujitsu. It's funny that a bunch of the MMA guys are all blue belts and they just yeah. fuck me up. And I'm oh, like, they'll just kick even your, your fucking even ass. Even your jujitsu yeah. is better than mine. Like, right. No, it really, it really sucks. honestly is. <laughs> it's great. All right, Nick, go. 60 seconds. Yeah, I, I'd agree. You know, the, the, the strategy, it's having a focus when you're, when you're coming into something. And even though, you know, you're doing Muay Thai, but even jujitsu people get lost, right? They, yeah. they see all these fancy techniques and all of a sudden, you know, they, they've, got a handful of things that they try to do and they're not very good at anything instead of honing down getting a strategy saying okay i'm gonna focus on these three things and yeah. i want to be really good at these three things because sometimes a lot of times that's all you need right and we do the same thing with media or podcasts right we look at the stuff that people are creating like okay well i need to be good at creating the graphics <laughs> and the audio and doing the doing pre-rolls and and ads and all this instead of just focusing on two or three things at a time so I think the having that ability to come in and focus to create that strategy to kind of like what you're saying when you do your fight or or your match, you're imposing your will, right? Mm-hmm. So you're taking that strategy to to go somewhere and do something tactically. I think a lot of times people get uh, tactics confused with strategy. You know, strategy is how you're going to get somewhere, and the tactics are the things that you're going to do to implement your mm-hmm. strategy. Very yep. nice. Very nice. All right, Dom, yep. 60 seconds. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, the difference between you know being a being like a, a an animal at a, a domestic animal at home and being an animal in the wild is like a whole a whole different world, you know. Arr. And uh, <laughs> I I could I can only imagine that even if someone isn't at the same tier as you as belt, but like someone that's used to training in the in the trenches, they their level of just adaptability and experience is definitely totally different. So, um, yeah, I think. Um, being in being in in the media space and trying to figure out what to do, I think that strategy thing of me being like, oh, like Gary Vee does this or Joe Rogan does this, and kind of trying to find out who you actually are in a more wild setting because anything can could work. Uh, you know, finding finding your spot in the in the in the, in nature in the wild is definitely the best <laughs> way. So whether it be in MMA or in media, having your strategy, finding a strategy in nature is definitely the best way to grow because school's not going to get you there in a system that way. I agree. Yeah. And you got to put yourself out there, you know, and, and like starting this show, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Never done a show before. I knew who Joe Rogan was and that was it. I didn't know shit else. And uh, I've, <laughs> I've put myself out there at least a hundred times. 
<laughs> Dude, that's so awesome, man. I know. It feels great. And so many awesome things have come out of it, including relationships with people like yourselves. Absolutely. Um, you know, you've all been on the show multiple mm-hmm. times, and I look forward to having you on multiple times more. And and I I wish you all continued success in your in your jujitsu and entrepreneurial journeys. Uh, because you, you as all, well. Thank you. Same I appreciate you, that. Yep, you got same. you guys, I want you to know, like you all, whether it was just a social media post or a DM or a text message or a show, you guys have always been a, a positive influence on what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm imitating you all. Um, yeah, and right the, right back to you, man. Right just, you, brother. just yeah. as much as Joe Rogan and Gary V. So thank you all. We got to wrap it up. I really appreciate you taking the time once again to come on and being here for this. It means so much to me. Um, and, and, thank you know, you. look forward to you all hitting these milestones as well. So happy 100 brother. 100. Yeah, 100. I feel young, man. I feel Ooh. young for 100. <laughs> Take care. I, I trained twice today. I'm hot. I feel good. <laughs> All right. Thank you. 101 coming up nice. next week. We're hopping right Boom. back into fire, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Ooh. Take care. or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. 
and Matt Holroyd, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.